morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Wow. I feel such an incredible power and presence of the Holy Ghost in this place. I wish each and every one of you could experience right now what we are feeling in this room at this moment. My prayer for you this morning is this same anointing would reach you in your living room, in your vehicle as you're driving by, in your place of work, because it's a powerful presence of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you. This is such a great honor to have this opportunity to stand and minister. You know, it it says so much about your leadership. You've let a certain contingent and a certain number of people come up here this month in May and minister to your flock. The first word team, wow, didn't they do a good job? Lewis did a fantastic job this morning. So, Pastor, I speak to you when I say I appreciate your leadership in my life. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. For those of you that are in the room, please feel free. You may be seated. And for those of you joining us via broadcast this morning, I welcome you. But don't get too comfortable. Put your TV breakfast down. Don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent because God is going to do something incredible in the next 40 minutes if you will allow him to. As Pastor already alluded last week, uh, my friend Andrew, he did such an amazing job speaking about the big detours that Joseph experienced in life and how those detours, they happen to all of us, and how they affect us. That message, Brother Andrew, was so impactful because we are all experiencing detours, most notably the one that no one saw coming 15 months ago, right? The week before that, of course, was Mother's Day, and the figurative mother of Life Church, who I affectionately refer to as Mimi. Sister Brenda, you did such a great job speaking not only to the mothers, but to all of us about the importance of building a raft and how Jochebed built a raft for her newborn son, Moses, which was his lifeline during a desperate time in history. And the week before that was our associate pastor, Pastor Jonathan Barrett. He kicked off this series on Joseph with a message titled, The Big Dream. And what an incredible message that was, Brother Jonathan. I appreciate that. How many of you can say that you've been given a big dream? God has given you a big dream regarding your future, your family, or your ministry. 
All of these individuals, these three individuals that I've just mentioned, they are talented in so many different ways. They serve with distinction on many different levels. But what makes their ministry so meaningful, so impactful, is the heavy anointing that rests upon their lives. And my prayer this morning is that by the grace of God, that same anointing, Lord Jesus... God, let it rest on me today, I pray, so that I might be able to communicate a message to someone this morning. Whether you're here in this room or joining online, I pray by the power of the Holy Ghost that I would be able to connect with someone so that God can reach you where you are at in this present season of life. Alone, betrayed, hated, abandoned, despised, servant, falsely accused. One would think that I was referring to the life of Jesus Christ when I speak these words. And although they apply to Christ, we are talking about the life of Joseph. Empathetic. Integral. Compassionate. Faithful. Leadership, authority, responsible. Again, one would think that I was referring to Christ. And although he possessed these same characteristics, we are talking about the life of Joseph. Joseph possessed many of the same character traits that would later be evident in the life of Christ. And you may think, Mark, how is it possible? How can you compare the life of Christ to the life of Joseph? Deity to humanity. Christ was perfect. Joseph was not. Joseph lived a life of extreme experiences. Christ lived a life of extreme experiences. Born of a virgin, savior of the world, he died on a cross, buried in a tomb to rise three days later. The one whose perfect peace transcends all understanding. It's not every day you meet an individual that carried the weight of the world on their shoulders like Christ did. Thank you, Jesus. Joseph, in a likewise manner, lived a life of extremes. He was favored by his father growing up in a large family. And how many of you can say that you've grown up as the favored child? Kyla, I'm looking at you. I can just imagine right now in the chat window, you are feverishly typing away, I was the favorite child. But if I were to ask your mom and dad, they would say, no, we treated all three kids equally 
the same. I have to think back when I was a child growing up in my family unit of four. And although it wasn't obvious to me if there was any favoritism, although that could be hotly contested by my sibling, what happened was, is that there, if there was any, the other parent was very quick to level the playing field. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? But what was more obvious was this. My late Grandpa Carrie. He was survived by nine grandchildren. And my Grandpa Carrie had a favorite grandchild. I know you're all thinking right now, who was that grandchild? Well, I'm not going to reveal any secrets this morning. And I couldn't figure out why did Grandpa Carrie have a favorite grandchild. And then it dawned on me. I figured it out. I got to the root of the question. And I found the answer. You see, my Grandpa Carrie had a favorite grandchild because there was one grandchild who was a carry that would carry on the family name. <laughs> and so, to a certain extent, I got to experience the favor of my grandfather. Did I just give it away? Oh, man. And that favor that Joseph experienced ultimately resulted in the envy and jealousy of his brothers. You see, Joseph found himself betrayed to a pit. He was left for dead and eventually sold into slavery to a foreign land. But God was with Joseph. And soon he found himself as the personal attendant to Potiphar, put in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. No doubt Joseph was content in his position, his authority, and his lifestyle. But his big dream still hadn't come to pass. Hey, at least he wasn't back in the pit. I want to pause here for a moment to tell you, if you are in a state of contentment, you know what? Life seems to be going good right now. I'm okay. Things are running real smooth right here. But God still hasn't answered my big dream. I'm here to challenge you this morning. God wants to give you that big dream that he has promised you. But he's going to have to take you out of your state of contentment because he's got more that he wants to put into your life. As we see with Joseph, within 24 hours, he experienced one of what seemed to be the biggest step backs in his life. He was falsely accused of coming on to Potiphar's wife and as a result was cast into the prison where the king's prisoners resided. We don't know exactly how long Joseph remained in the prison, but suffice it to say this morning, that season lasted several years. But as fast 
as fast as Joseph was thrown into the prison, he was elevated to be the number two man over the entire kingdom of Egypt next to Pharaoh himself. Joseph lived a life of extreme experiences. Now, there's just a few small contingent handful of people here in this room this morning facilitating this broadcast that the majority of you get to enjoy from the comforts of your home. And I'm so thankful for that. I've been on the receiving end of that, and I'm thankful for that. But I want to tell you, ho, 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 ho. Whether you're in the building or whether you're watching via broadcast, God has got something special for you in this service today. I would like for you all to repeat these two words. Say, big responsibility. Say it again, big responsibility. In order for Joseph to embrace his God-given potential, in order for Joseph's big dream to come to pass, and in order for the big detours to be a benefit to his life, Joseph had a big responsibility. The same applies to your life today, saint of God. In order for God to fulfill the promise and the dream that he has for your life, there is a big responsibility that he expects from you. Our text this morning starts in Genesis 39 and 19. We'll read through to the end of, of chapter 39 and continue with the beginning of chapter 40. And from our text this morning, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Genesis 39 and 19. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph had treated her, falsely accused. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, discarded. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The Lord was with Joseph. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Let me just pause here for a moment and let someone know this morning that it doesn't matter if you are in life's pit right now. God is still with you. God is with you in the pit God can bless you and show you his great favor while you are in the pit, just as he did to Joseph. If you're doing well in Potiphar's house, you feel content. You're fortunate. You're blessed. I am so thankful for that. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God has so much more for you while you're enjoying your state of contentment. Don't let contentment hold you back from achieving all that God has for you. If you are in the proverbial prison of life, 
God can still bless you. Regardless of where you're at, God wants to bless you. God is available to bless you. God's not worried about the place that you are in right now. No. God's promises and his blessings are not subject to your dilemmas or your state of contentment. What concerns God is this. How you react to the place where you are in. Let me tell you. God is intently watching how you'll respond to your current season. He is intently watching how you will respond to your current season. Continuing with Genesis 40, I'm going to read verses 1 through to 8. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials. He put them in the prison where Joseph was in the place of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Joseph's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them, and they replied. We both had dreams last night, and no one can tell us what they mean. Listen to Joseph's response. Joseph said, interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead. Tell me your dreams. Oh, powerful. How many would say that they've had a dream from God or a promise from God? A promise regarding your family your home, your children, possibly a promise regarding your business or your career. Perhaps it's your ministry or what purpose God has for you in his kingdom. Now, how many feel like that dream or that promise has been placed on hold? Mm. Life's holding pattern has got you going round and round. And it seems like your dream, it seems like that promise is just not being fulfilled. What do you do in these seasons of life? What did Joseph do in those seasons of his life? He embraced responsibility. Webster's Dictionary defines the word responsibility as the quality or state of being responsible, such as moral, legal, or mental accountability. Responsibility is synonymous with reliability, trustworthiness, accountability. During every season of Joseph's life, he was reliable. He was trustworthy. He was accountable. I'm here to ask you this morning, at every season of your life, are you being reliable? Are you being trustworthy? Are you being accountable? Why? Because God, he is intently watching your reaction. Every responsibility that Joseph was given by God on his life's journey was ordained by God to empower and prepare him 
with the wisdom that he needed for what God ultimately had in store for his life. Where you are at today is not where God intends to keep you. No, sir. God has far greater plans for your life. He has far greater plans for your family and for your ministry. You see, Joseph needed God to work some things out of his life and grow him in other areas before he was mature enough to handle the responsibility of the kingdom. And so I ask you today, where is your responsible meter clocking in at today? You see, every season of life, Joseph demonstrated responsibility. He didn't let his circumstance dictate a negative attitude towards God and towards others. As a result, God could trust Joseph with the next level of greater responsibility. His life experiences ended up maturing him and preparing him for that ultimate dream that God had for him. It wasn't about his mother, his father, and his brothers bowing down to him. That's not what it was about. That was just a byproduct of the position that God placed Joseph in in order to preserve the promise that God was going to make Israel a great nation. But Joseph had to demonstrate responsibility. Don't get caught up with where you are today. Don't get caught up with the question, where am I compared to this person or that person, this family or that family? Don't focus on your current circumstances, your current challenges or your current problems. We all have them, I understand that. But focus on what God is doing in you and through you during this current season of life. The question should be, God, what are you pruning out of my life? What are you grafting into my spirit to help prepare me for my future? What is it that God is teaching you today, saint of God, that will empower you for a greater responsibility tomorrow? David penned the words in Psalms 31, 14, and 15. He said, but I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. I can only imagine David as he's penning those words. He's probably holed up somewhere in the back of a dark, dingy cave. And he knows that he has a promise. But the promise had not yet been fulfilled. But he said, I'm going to trust in you, oh God. I'm going to hold on to that promise that you've given me. Your current situation right now, as daunting as it may seem, or as content as you may feel, it's approved by God. He knows exactly where you are at today. He knows what situations you're facing. He knows if your kids, if they're not serving him. He knows if your supervisor at work is making your life absolutely miserable. 
He knows the thoughts of anxiety and depression that were racing through your mind this very morning. He knows when you feel dissatisfied in your relationships. God knows. But what is God trying to teach you today? What lessons do you need to learn in this season so that you are prepared for a greater responsibility tomorrow? Brother Andrew alluded to this last week. He said, at 17 years of age, when Joseph had his big dream, he wasn't ready at that stage in life for the palace. No, he wasn't. (laughs) There was so much God had to prune out of Joseph's life and graft into his spirit in order for him to handle the level of responsibility that would ultimately save his people. So for a few moments this morning, let's take a bit of a deeper dive into the life of Joseph and explore some of the places that he ended up in. You see, God kept moving Joseph from place to place, watching intently every response to his situation. Every response. God may be moving you from place to place right now, from situation to situation right now, and he is carefully watching your response and your attitude. You see, what separated Joseph from the rest of his brothers was that he never got caught up in his current situation. He was never jealous of anyone else. He never complained about what life circumstances dealt him. Instead, everywhere Joseph ended up, he behaved in a positive way. He didn't focus on the negatives surrounding him. Joseph embraced responsibility. The first place we'll look at this morning is the pit. The pit. The pit is all about survival. How many of you can say that you've survived a few pits in your life? Boy, if I was to be transparent this morning, and I will be, I would say that I have been in a few pits in my life, both figuratively and literally. One pit I've experienced, I'll share this with you. I'm sure a few of you will will enjoy this story. But a few years ago, I used to fly airplanes down to Antarctica. I would spend four months working in Antarctica, supporting scientific research and various different teams. And that journey to Antarctica from Canada and back, one way would take eight days. Flew little small airplanes um, cruising around at 150 miles an hour, so we didn't get anywhere fast. But my destination in Antarctica required me to fly through the South Pole, the very bottom of the world. And that journey from Rothera, where we would take off to the South Pole, 1,452 nautical miles. That number is forever seared into my mind. And you'll understand why in a moment. 
And so at 145 miles an hour, we had a 1,452-mile journey. So for those of you that can't do quick math, that's a 10-hour flight. And I had 11 hours worth of fuel on board the aircraft. And depending on how strong the headwinds are, sometimes I had to divert en route and pull into a fueling station and take on some more fuel before continuing on to the South Pole. And that station was known as Patriot Hills. I will never forget that place as long as I live. It's located at 80 degrees south latitude, 600 nautical miles from the South Pole. Boy, I refer to this place as the armpit of the earth. I wanted to avoid that place at all cost. If I could arrive at the South Pole on fumes, I would much rather do that than divert into Patriot Hills because the risk was so great. The cost was immense. I've been asked many times over my career, Mark, have you ever been afraid of flying? Yes. Every time I went into Patriot Hills, I was afraid. The truth is out there now. I was afraid. Patriot Hills was located in the Trans-Antarctic Mountains, and, and the mountain range begins to funnel right where Patriot Hills is located. And what makes Patriot Hills so special is that it's not the average daytime temperature in the summertime of minus 20 degrees that makes it unbearable. It's the wind that blows so fierce and so violently that it makes flying in those conditions extremely treacherous. The few times that I have been there, the wind was blowing violently and so treacherous that I was scared. Jesus, take the wheel. How many of you have said that before? That's how I felt. <laughs> and so... What makes it so difficult at Patriot Hills is that because the wind is blowing so violently, the last 50 feet as you approach and land, the blowing snow is so thick and it obscures the visibility that the last 50 feet, you cannot see the ground. And so there would be one instrument in my flight deck that I would rely on, and that was a radar altimeter. It would tell me exactly how high I was above the surface of the earth. And I would come down. It was a, a, like a clear blue sky day like you see outside right now. But the last 50 feet obscured. And I'd come down, bring that airplane down. And then I would get into that blowing and drifting snow. And it would be 50, 40, 30, watching, 20, 10, touchdown. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I survived. Another trip to Patriot Hills. And now I was there, but how am I going to get out? Oh, I'll tell you what. Not only did I have to rely on God, but I had to rely on that bucket of bolts held together by a few rivets and some rubber bands to get me out of there. In Jesus' name. Why? Because the pit is where I need help. 
I cannot survive the pit on my own. I need help to get out of the pit. The only way out of the pit is up. And the only place to look for rescue is up. David again in Psalms 121 and 1 pens these words, I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. You see, you and I are living in the 21st century. We love certainty. Oh, we love comfort. We love to know exactly what's going to happen and when. But God thrives on uncertainty. Mm. We love smooth landings. Well, at least I do anyway. But God, God loves a good storm where the winds are howling and the waves are crashing to see if you will jump out of the boat, walk on water when he bids you come. We love the perception of having everything under control. Mm. Am I talking to someone this morning or am I only talking to myself, right? We love the perception. Everything's fine here. Everything's okay here. I got it all together. But God needs to be in control. Psalms 46 and 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. God wants to put some of you into some uncertain situations to see if you will rely and trust in him completely. God will allow a storm or two to come your way to see how responsible you are in your attitude towards him and to others. God will place you in a situation where you need to become completely reliant on him. In these seasons, you must trust God for everything. The second place we'll look at this morning is at Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house is representative of servant leadership. This is where I have to help. I have to help. There is a big difference between serving and being a servant. When I am serving, I choose who I want to serve and who I don't want to serve. I choose how long I want to serve and when it's time to quit and walk away. I choose where I want to serve. Mm. But as a servant, I don't have that choice. I have no say in what tasks I must or must not do. I don't get to say when and where I want to serve. I don't even get the option to quit and walk away. As a servant, my choice has been stripped from me. I encourage you, Life Church, this morning to get connected and serve. Serve at Life Church, serve your family, serve your community out there, serve your employer. There's something so rewarding about performing an act of service for someone else. Before you know it, one act will lead to two, two acts will lead to three. And soon you realize that God has transformed your heart into the heart of a servant. 
You see, in Potiphar's house, Joseph didn't act like a servant. Instead, he acted as though he was the owner. The approach, or he approached this season of life with greater responsibility and a positive attitude. He served with honor. He served with discipline. He served with distinction. So much so that Potiphar elevated Joseph over everything in his house. Everything was placed under Joseph's authority. This was no doubt a season in Joseph's life that he was content in and thankful for. A short while ago, he had just been betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit and sold into a foreign land. But God used this season in Potiphar's house to yet again prune things out of Joseph's life and graft some things in. Listen, God doesn't waste an opportunity to teach us lessons. Even if it seems like you've got the world by the tail. Everything is okay. Nothing to see here. God will still use these seasons to prune and graft. But perhaps, perhaps not all is going well in your life right now. Perhaps you're struggling to hold it together. It seems like you've been dealing with the same season in life for months, a year. A decade, maybe several decades. The season is never ending. I'm here to tell you this morning to trust in God. He has something he is trying to work out of you and into you before he moves you on to the promised land where your big dream can be fulfilled. Listen, church, your days of eating manna, they're coming to an end. It's coming to a close. God wants you to enjoy the fruit of the promised land. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you've been waiting for years, it seems like God has got something just around the corner for you. The last place we'll look at this morning as we bring this to a close is the prison. The prison is all about strategic connections. This is where I choose to help. I choose to help. We'll go back and have a look again at Genesis 40, verses 6 through 8. And it says, When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed, pay attention to that, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, and no one can tell us what they mean. And Joseph responded, interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead, tell me your dreams. You see, Joseph was not caught up in his own predicament. But instead, he noticed that the cupbearer and the chief baker, they looked upset when they got up in the morning. Joseph's entire 
future. It hinged on the fact that he noticed other people. Let me tell you something this morning, Life Church. Your entire future hinges on the fact that you notice other people. He wasn't consumed with trying to explain his way out of the prison. Just think about it for a moment. Here was a man wrongly accused. He was falsely accused. And yet he didn't spend his time begging his way out of prison. Instead, he mustered. He gathered it up. An incredible amount of responsibility. He spent his time ministering to other people in the middle of his own dark season. I ask you today, Life Church, are you paying attention to those around you? Is there someone that you can minister to or encourage? Who in your life is struggling and needs your attention? I'm not talking about some attention. I'm talking about your attention. You see, in order for Joseph's big dream to be fulfilled, Joseph had to focus his attention off of himself and his surroundings, and he had to focus it on others. Joseph's dream seemed to be on hold, yet he asked them, tell me your dreams. Tell me your dreams. It took an incredible amount of responsibility for Joseph to work on somebody else's dream. But let me tell you, while you are working on someone else's dream, God hasn't forgotten about you. No, sir. He hasn't forgotten about your dreams. In fact, he's working on that dream right now. That dream for your ministry He's working that out right now. That dream for your family member that might not be saved, God's working on that right now. Your employer that's giving you a hard time at work, let me tell you this morning, God is working that all out right now. I believe that. That report that you received regarding your health that didn't sound too good, well, God is working on that report right now. Don't give up, Life Church. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Responsibility. I'll finish with this this morning. It's the words of Jesus written in Mark 10, 42 verses right through to verse 45. Said, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, he says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Life Church, among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be a slave to everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Life Church, if you want to be a leader today, you must be a servant. If you want to be first today, you must be a slave 
of everyone else. What an example that Christ laid out before us. How can I make a difference today in this season of my life? How can I use my gifts, my talents that God has given me to encourage and lift somebody else up? When you are willing to look beyond your own circumstances and lend a helping hand, assist in fulfilling someone else's dream, <laughs> some will make it. The cupbearer made it. The baker, not so much. But you need to leave that to God to determine. Keep lifting. Keep encouraging. Keep a positive attitude. Be responsible this morning. What will the future look like because of what you are doing today? Today, this season, is all about the decisions that you make and how those decisions will affect your future. What is God pruning out of your life? And what is He grafting into your spirit? Oh, while well, your dream may be on hold, take responsibility and serve with honor. Serve with distinction, whether it be in your family, in your place of employment, here at Life Church, in the community. Take responsibility like Joseph did and serve. It's not about where I am at right now, but it's about where God is taking me to prepare me for a greater responsibility tomorrow. It's not about the destination. It's about the process in order to get there. God, what are you pruning out of my life? What are you grafting into my spirit that I need today? Show me, God. Show me today. Jesus, God, I know there are people right now under the sound of my voice. God, they've been experiencing the pit. They've been experiencing a place, God, where they need help. They cannot get out of it on their own. And I pray right now, under the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, that you would show them where they need to be, what they need to do, God. Give them the strength in these moments. God, give them the strength in this season of life, I pray, Jesus. God, there are those right now that are experiencing Potiphar's house. They're content. Life is good. I got it together. But Jesus, your promise has not been fulfilled in their life yet. I pray right now, God, that they would not be content in their contentment. God, that they would not be satisfied where they are at right now. But Jesus, I pray, God, that you would stir and that you would shake, almighty God. You would move them, Jesus. Challenge us and motivate us today, almighty God, to be better, to do more, to serve your kingdom. And God, there are those that are in life's prison at this very moment. And Jesus, I would say to them in this prayer this morning, God, there is victory just around the corner. Just like with Joseph, God, victory was just around the corner. He just had to press a little bit longer. He just had to be responsible a little bit longer, God, for that dream to be fulfilled in his life.
And God, I know there is someone in the proverbial prison of life right now. Jesus, I pray, God, encourage them today. Motivate them today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, God. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.